Is this real leather? Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe, coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. And welcome to the Tuesday Crew here on WRSU FM New Brunswick. Jake Schmid, Troy DeSavino, and Chris Sakonis here with you on this very springy Tuesday day. Very good to be outside. Good to really just enjoying the weather, the nice weather, and it's it feels good. It's it's, it's a good end to March, I feel. Yeah, I think this is one of those classic days that if we were on campus, we would be asking the professor if we could have class outside, right? <laughs> this is uh, this is one of those Tuesdays, the beginning of spring um unfortunately tomorrow i think it's gonna like dip down to like 40 again so i don't think we're out of the woods yet but it's nice it's nice it's perfect timing for uh mlb opening opening day really starting to come together and it's it's exciting to get back to this time you know this this time last year we didn't really get to enjoy the spring too much so it's kind of like the first spring we've had in like two years um but yeah exciting to be back here yeah, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Chris, you don't you don't like good weather, right? You're you're a fan of bad weather. I, heard. I love you good like weather. What are you talking about? I heard you like the rain. You're a big rain fan. What? Well, you like I'm Florida. You like the humid there, humidity there. Yeah, yeah. You said well, you I, I like Florida winter Florida like a lot better than summer day. Florida. So is it no, like how humid does it like actually Florida. get though? Like in like May and June. In the summer, it's bad. Is it really? It's bad. Yes, it's like it's ninety degrees, but it feels like what. Do you live in Florida in the summer? Whenever I can get down there, I'm down there, yeah. Okay, so, so usually that's has, most of the summer. Your family has another house down there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a that's a tough time of the year to be down there, to be living down yeah. there. Well, the problem is, like, well, we usually go down for, like, a couple weeks in the winter, but obviously this winter we didn't do it because of COVID. Um, like, normally during, like, it's whenever we're out of school, and my mom was a teacher when I was growing up, so, like, we had our breaks lined up and that's when we would go down. So like spring break, if we had the same week, we were down there. Um, summer break, you know, we weren't really doing anything. So we went down there and then uh, try to go down a couple weeks in the winter. Which so part of like, Florida is it again? It's a little town called Hope Sound. It's like, if you're, go- if you know Palm Beach, you go like yeah. 45 minutes north. Yeah. Oh, so it's like it's right where, in um, that area. Yeah. You know where... Um, uh, they had that charity golf uh, match back in May when there were no other sports on. Yeah, I remember that. It's in that town. So it's oh, in really? that area. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so Chris, you are a Florida man. Yes. Closeted yes, in his I am a shadow. Florida man. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, so is half of the state is from New Jersey. So. Yeah, they're all they're all they're more above, devil like, fans. I, I know more devil fans in Florida than Panther fans. So that should tell you that I believe that I believe. I don't know about Tampa. Though. I mean, they did win the cup. I don't know about yeah. that. But. but it's on the east coast of Florida. So aren't any oh, Tampa that's, fans. that's true. They're all the way on the west. That's right. Yeah. Well, if so. you want to hear about some Florida behavior, let's jump into the first story of this of this week. Perfect um, way to tee it up. Yeah, if, I don't know if you guys saw the comments of the losing head coach of the Baylor Bears women's basketball team. They got knocked. It was knocked out last night um, in the Elite Eight. They were playing UConn in the post-game conference. Uh, Kim Mulkey, the head coach for the women's 
basketball team for the Baylor Bears was criticizing and saying what the NCAA needs to do moving forward um, as we get ready to enter the Final Four and the championship, saying that they need to just get rid of COVID testing because she can't imagine those teams somehow players need to missing need to miss their matchup because they test positive for COVID. I think this just really shows that there are two types of people when looking at COVID. Those are the people that understand that COVID-19 is a disease and it is harmful. And those who think it is just a barrier that you have to leap over so you can continue on pretending like there's nothing wrong in the country. Um, Because I think Kim Mulkey just thinks that COVID tests are there to make her life more difficult, not because they actually tell you that you have COVID-19, a disease that has killed 500,000 people in this country this year alone. Um, But she's saying to get just to get rid of them. And to be honest, I think she's, you know, speaking the silent truth that this is what a lot of leagues are already doing and being uh, quiet with COVID testing. But she's actually just saying what a lot of people already think. But it's disturbing. I want to get your guys thoughts on it. Yeah, I I just. What I find so bizarre about this and, you know, I think the tone in which she said it was kind of surprising because she said it like it was no big deal. Um, Like she was talking about countering the two three zone or something like related to basketball like she didn't like i don't think she understood why what she said was a problem yeah and, and if Schmid, if you could if there's a way we can get that audio on i'm um, trying but there's been like the some technical difficulties with it that sound yeah, yeah, like won't your, play. Yeah, yeah. i don't know why but i'm pressing play and the volume's up on both so i don't know that's weird all right that's um weird. but anyway uh to go back to the larger point troy i i mean yeah that's basically just the attitude is it, you know, some people view it as, you know, a disease that you have to control. And, you know, it'd be very bad if there was an outbreak at the final four because they weren't doing enough COVID testing. Um, then there are people who just view the testing as the problem. Like, um, you know, someone who I will not name uh, mentioning that if you have no test, you have no cases. So, you know, <laughs> that's sort of and, the philosophy. And the, some, the, cherry on t- have. the cherry on top is if you watch the press conference, the entire time she's answering, she just keeps taking her mask down to, to actually talk. Like, well, if you watch that game, Troy, I was it's... flipping between that and the Oregon State game. Like, if you if you watch that game, like, she did not have it on, like, at all. Like, no. she barely made the effort. Some coaches, like, will have it on and they'll pull it down. But she just, like, had it down the whole time. And I'm like, why even bother wearing it at that point? It wasn't even under her chin. She just didn't have it on, like, period. Yeah. And well, since we it... can't get the audio for it, I can go ahead and read the quotes if you want. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, that's probably said. the best idea. She said, after the games today and tomorrow, there's four teams left. I think on the men's side and the women's side, Mulkey said unprompted during her post-game news conference. She then went on to say they need to dump the COVID testing. Wouldn't it be a shame to keep COVID testing? And then you got kids that test positive for something that they don't play and they don't get to play in the final four. So you just need to forget the COVID tests and get the four teams playing in each final four and go battle it out. Um it's just I, I I don't understand how people are still like this. Like I don't understand how we've just went through this past year, and you've seen how many people have been killed by this disease or have you know really suffered from the side effects and and even in athletes and how these athletes have been harmed by the the effects of COVID, and how we just think the testing is the problem, not the fact that you actually would have COVID would be the problem. Nevertheless, like what kind of player there's a lot of players who if they got covid they probably wouldn't be up to playing anyway exactly so i just i, I don't understand how people like this are still out there it's just crazy i know this is a, a texas school or things are different down there but 
just it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. and especially like this far into the season too, about a year into this pandemic, really. Um, it's like you know, about a couple of weeks ago was it was a year when it really first started, like March 11th, March 12th that week. Um, and it's it's crazy. I mean, you know, she, she obviously she uh was very animated about the game because they lost by two as a really close game um, all the way against UConn, a one versus two seed. Um, but she, you know, it's not, you know, not smart uh, comments at all. Um, not uh, very uh, cognizant, not really aware too about what's going on with, um, you know, the, just the the pure emotion and the even the players that are pl- been playing through this have been giving it their all. Every every sport that's been playing, aside from like schools like conferences like the Ivy League, who haven't played really uh, basketball or football or even lacrosse, uh, no sports at all. Because um, some conferences are opting to do that to halt their season until uh, they can get everybody, their athletes and their personnel, and uh, a vaccine. Um, but it's you know it's. It's, I mean, you know, it's kind of not, not expected from Texas, but she she just was filling with her mask the whole time, Troy, and it was just watching that unfold uh, really just shows how there is, I think there is like a silent and a lot of many people uh, who feel that way. Um, and she's gotten a tiny bit of support I've seen on Twitter from other coaches uh, from across like Southern schools like uh, Mississippi and Missouri Valley schools. I, I'm sorry, Kim Mulkey, but the things you're saying, they just make you sound stupid. You just really sound very <laughs> stupid when, when when you say these things. And you just keep in mind, she's talking about a game. Like, this exactly. is life. Like, we're talking about a game. A game is not more important than the health of your players. I'm yep. sorry, you sound stupid. And, and not to mention the fact, Troy, that even if, you know, God forbid there were positive tests, at, at the stage of the Final Four, like, in a worst case, they wouldn't have to, like, cancel the games. They could just push it back until everyone's healthy. Exactly. Like, it's just – it boggles the mind. I would ha- I would absolutely hate to be Kim Mulkey's SID right now, <laughs> to have to field all of these interview requests. It's like, um, yeah, comment on this or, like, just a general university spokesperson because, like, this is an institution of higher learning. Um, you know, it's not like, you you know, you know what I mean? Like there are professors who are probably reading this and being like, what is my school doing? Yep. And it's, you know, how many scientific professors are at Baylor right now? And Kim Mulkey is getting paid probably a lot more than them. And they're just like, oh my, what she's representing our school in such a bad way. It just makes the school sound so ignorant that they, that you'd put the final four of a basketball tournament a basketball tournament that happens every year, by the way, that could be pushed back if in this case, like Chris, like you said, that they should just ignore COVID after all of the, the protocols they followed so far and the bubble they've entered because it would just be too much of a hassle to deal with. Um, and God forbid that someone tests positive because the primary concern there shouldn't be the player's well-being and health. It should be, oh, no, now we need to reschedule a basketball game or that person needs to sit out. It's it, it, it's just yeah. Yeah, and not to mention, like, imagine if that attitude were applied in the men's tournament. If you guys remember, VCU was the only team that had to drop out because they had three positive tests. Right, right. Like, imagine if that attitude was in place or they decided to play with the players that were negative and then, you know, a couple more of them end up having it. Then, you know, then it means Oregon is exposed and then they would have played Iowa and Iowa would have been like, especially in the single elimination tournament where you're playing on like two days notice. Like, that's the kind of thing that can like, spiral out of control really quickly um and the fact that between the men and the women only one team had to drop out because of covid uh is actually pretty impressive i would say i honestly thought it would be more um so like from the protocol perspective things have gone pretty well but like and 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 the other thing that really blows my mind about this is the fact that she said it unprompted 
like no one asked what do you think about the covid testing yeah it was like our opening like, statement part of it was basically like, he's like all right thanks for coming in by the way i think we should stop testing players for the disease because we don't want to find out that they have the disease well it's these are the people that just have such a hard time wearing a mask that they, they cry about it like, yeah they just, uh, the mentality yeah they they politicize this I, issue it's not even like politicize it they're just they just can't deal with wearing a mask over their face. Like, just get over it at this point. Just wear a mask. It's it's, it's the least restrictive. It's that uncomfortable. Thing. You're gonna cry about it. It's like a little kid crying that their shoelaces are tied too tight. Like you're right. you're a grown up. Get over it and deal with it. Like it's just, and this is like the next level. It's just like we don't care. COVID, you know, it's a hoax. It's not that. It's it's the flu. It's like this is this is the same kind of conversation that they're having that they put a game in front of someone's health. Yeah. And, and how do you Sorry. I'm sorry, Troy. Oh no, I was going to say like it's just it's probably the and the, what drives me nuts about the whole anti-mask thing is like it's the least restrictive thing you could do. Like would you rather they like it's if it's like, "Oh, I don't want to wear a mask when I'm coaching." Like, "All right, would you rather not coach and have the season be canceled or like in case of, you know, going outside of basketball, like would you rather wear a mask in the grocery store or have the you know, like businesses be shut down and then it's like how it was last April and people are going out of business and all that stuff. Like it's the least intrusive thing you can do. And it's honestly not that uncomfortable. Like I've been doing it for a year now. It's, I don't know. It's I never really understood not. it. Yeah. And how do you, I, I want to get your guys thoughts on this. Like, how do you feel that the other coaches, like say for example, that they did do a final four and a couple players tested positive on one of the final four teams. How do you think like, the UConn women's basketball team, like Gino RM is going to be like, all right, we're fine with these players being exposed to my team. I don't want my players getting sick. Like, this is just something that people don't understand. It might not be for your well-being. It's for the well-being of everyone around you who doesn't want to get COVID and have long-term effects and possibly get seriously ill by from a disease that has killed more than a half a million people in this country over the past year. Like, this isn't the, – the world doesn't revolve around you. And that's what she just doesn't get. Kim Mulkey just doesn't understand – the world isn't around you and around you and your basketball team. It's about the people who are also involved that could be liable and could get sick because of your players. That's what these protocols are here for, to prevent the spreading, to prevent how dangerous this disease can be if it spreads to more than just one person. That's why we have protocols in the first place. That's why you wear a mask for other people's well-being. So, like, how do you think these other coaches would feel if a team showed up and they got the other teams all sick? Right. And also, Troy, it comes down to like, I, I think there's a segment of the population that doesn't, and this is going to sound very silly, but it's kind of true. There's a segment of the population that just flat out does not understand how infectious diseases work. And I mean that in like the basic sense of one person who has it can spread it to others. Like, I, I, I remember back when the whole football season was going on, that was a huge argument. And the Big Ten didn't play. And then they ended up playing after all. There are people saying, oh, well, um you know they're young uh they'll get over it which you know is not always true and even if it is they could still spread it to other people um but also like there are people saying oh um i don't have any symptoms why should i have to get tested and i'm like that's not how this works like it's just there's so i feel like our country kind of like doesn't have the basic science education that it needs y you know what i mean yeah i don't yeah, know I mean if it's a yeah, I mean, you don't really have education. that. It's an ethics. Thing. Yeah, just yeah, like, it's, it's ethics. It's, it's a whole ethical too. thing. But but you know what I mean though. Like there are some people that just like you explain to them, oh, just because you tested negative, if you're exposed to someone, you could still have it, and like yeah. they just it just doesn't register. Yep. I never. Yeah. Also, 
what this means is, and this we talked about this for football a while back. It's like some people who are watching it for entertainment value are just saying, if they get it, they're young, it doesn't matter. They're not going to get seriously ill. This is a new disease. We don't know what the ramifications are long-term. We're just dealing with this over a year. We just got a vaccine out. We have no idea what this is going to do to someone's body 20 years from now. We don't know what this disease is possible of doing. The grown-ups in the room shouldn't be saying, you get COVID, you'll get over it in two weeks, you'll be fine. You can play, you can play again after that. The grown-ups in the room shouldn't be saying that. They should be the responsible ones saying, we need to limit this as best as possible. We don't know what this could do to your body 20 years from now. Yeah. Let's try to reduce the amount of people getting as, as humanly possible. Not, you know, you get it, you'll be fine, you'll play through it, and everything will be okay. Like, th these protocols are here to prevent people from getting it because we don't know what it can do to your body. It's not just to be in your way and to be a, a hurdle to jump over and, and just to prevent you from playing basketball. It's there for a reason to keep people safe because we don't know what the ramifications are. And again, Kim Mulkey just doesn't understand that. And she's not alone. There's a lot of people that don't understand that, which looks bad for a university, Baylor. I apologize, but it's not a good look for you guys. And also not just, I don't think she's even, she's not even the only coach. Like I remember back in, um, uh, back in August or maybe it was July over the summer. Uh, they were talking to Ed Orgeron from LSU about, um, you know, what do you do about positive tests? And, um, you know, he's like, oh, well, 80% of our team already had it, so they won't get it again. And I'm like, you seem like kind of like not concerned about that. Like he didn't explicitly nope. say like, he, well, here's the thing. He didn't explicitly say like, oh, good, good news is they got it out of the way. But like, it was kind of like, he was not like, oh, this is horrible. So many of our players got sick. He's like, yeah, they got it out of the way. They won't get it again. And I'm just kind of like, how, what? How about Dabo from Clemson? He's like, we're going to punch it in the teeth. Yeah. Like, Dabo. Face it head on. Like, yeah. yeah, well, Dabo was also like, I don't know if you guys remember this. This is kind of a story back when everyone, everything was shut down last April. He like took his private jet to Florida in the yeah. middle of the pandemic when everyone was supposed to stay home. <laughs> so like Doesn't that kind of just tells you about where he stands among all of this. It's, it's just, it's bizarre. It's, I, you respect how, I mean, I don't know if respect is the right word for how intense they, they take their job. Like, their their life is college football or college basketball. I but respect then, how much you love your profession, but at the end of the day, understand it's a game. People's health are more important than a game, even if it is your job. And not only that, Troy, but like if if you're like, for instance, I am the sports director at a college radio station. I wanted them to play this year, and they ultimately did. And Rutgers as an institution, I think, handled it pretty well, all things considered from a health and safety standpoint. Um, you know, not having fans at their games, I think was the right move back when things were bad in the fall and winter. Um, now that things are somewhat improving, you're seeing them start to come back. I thought they did a good job of, you know, they knew when it was the right time to cancel games in the case of women's basketball. Like, I think Rutgers generally did a good job with this. Um, but, you know, I think it's more important that we talk about the schools that didn't do a good job, uh, Troy, and, you know, just treating this with, the carelessness and, you know, it's just, it's reckless is what it is. Um, like there were schools that had like 2000 fans in their basketball arena indoors. Like when there were 300,000 cases a day, I mean, that well, tells you everything you need to know. Well, Chris, why don't we have this conversation? Cause I know we've privately talked about this, but we haven't had a chance to have a good conversation about it yet. Um, about Rutgers university being the first university in the, in the country to, to mandate that students coming back in the fall will have to have a COVID vaccine. You know, along the right lines, Rutgers is on the right side of history on this one right now. They're yes. being progressive. Yeah. They're saying, let's get out in front of this. 
let's be the first people to say this because you know we can set the tone a lot of people might follow and you know what a lot of schools down south are definitely not going to follow baylor university probably won't follow could surprise us but when you have people who are the face of your school like kim mulkey as a head coach for one of your best programs saying these types of things it makes me think otherwise but Rutgers now trying to set the tone saying we want to be the safest campus in america I, you know i'd love to get your thoughts on that yeah, it's a good it's a good thing. I mean, I feel I feel safe. I mean, I get tested once a week. Chris, you get tested, I'm sure, once a week as well. I mean, I mean, once I get the vaccine, um, once I get it when it's open and all that, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable just being around um, more people once they've like, you know, been open up campus to uh, people who have had the vaccine. Um, you know, that's how the guidelines are. And, you know, it's really important to follow the guidelines to follow the protocols. And it's also, you know, it's one thing to be progressive. And that's a good way to really good way to look at it as Rutgers trying to set the tone. Um, they're the first school institution to require that higher uh, learning, higher education. Um, and a lot of schools, I'm sure, will follow suit. Um, I'm sure, you know, like um, like Princeton, all the Ivies will probably do that. Um, a lot of schools in the Northeast will most likely do that. Uh, UMass, UConn, Rhode Island, stuff like that. But the other thing, too, is, um, you know, they're, the, they're still obviously you can still spread it you can still get it the vaccine like obviously helps a tremendous amount um the, they still obviously going to keep going around um keep spreading uh but the vaccine just getting that on an institution and having uh requiring that for all students whether you're in state whether you're out of state even international students um it's just it really creates a really safe environment um, and you feel safe. And that's what they really want you to do. They want you to feel safe. They want to get uh, more people back on campus um, once, you know, it's reached that point now where we're slowly inching that up. Murphy just announced more uh, some larger increasing Prudential Center capacity, uh, more stadiums just increased um, capacities as well. Um, uh, obviously, now Rutgers still having, you know, more fans or non-parent guardians are allowed. Um of student athletes at SHI Stadium, like for that lacrosse game over the weekend, was the first um, when they played Maryland. Uh, so there's definitely they're moving in the right uh, upward trajectory at this point. I, for one, am outraged that my university is trying to protect me <laughs> from a deadly disease, <laughs> infringing on that's my a, liberty to get sick. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people that are have, that, that feel that way, though, which is crazy. I've well, seen yeah, it a, well, I a lot. I was kidding. In case anyone couldn't tell, that was sarcastic. I don't actually think that. I think it's the right move. Um, but, yeah, there are people out there who think, a lot like, of people. for some reason, this, this vaccine is just going to kill them in five years, which doesn't make any logical sense. But, you know, like it just – and I understand, Chris. like, there are some, like, you know, some people can't get vaccines, and that's obviously – a different scenario like there are religious exemptions like that's different right but like if you're healthy you can get the vaccine there's no real reason for you not to i'm sorry chris question for you should Rutgers be doing more should they be doing more in this situation <laughs> uh, i mean i, I don't I know what, what more they, they could do, do. yeah requiring the vaccine like they're gonna have masks they're gonna have like you know 50 percent. i think they're still having covid testing too they say that, yeah, for now, I think. For now, are, but it's too far I don't in the know future. How long yeah, keep it's that too up. long term to think about that. It's yeah, about like eight, like six months out. Sounds like I mean, like, a lot. yeah, if everyone's, but if everyone's vaccinated, like you're going to spin to a tube and it's going to tell you you still don't have. Yeah, COVID. that's like entering so, in a like, stadium. Like if you're going to Yankee Stadium right now, you have to, you know, if you show your vaccine card, you have both your doses spin a couple weeks after, then you don't have to yeah. have a test, too. Yeah, and that's that's smart too. And yeah. I think they're gonna end up dropping the testing as more people get vaccinated. Right, but... into like the more summer months when it's more baseball weather. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, like you're already and in the case of like Yankee Stadium, City Field, Red Bull Arena, um, you're outdoors, you're spaced out. Like right. that's pretty safe. 
Like I, I would have no problem going there. I'll probably yeah. wait until I'm fully vaxxed to go to like a Nets game or a Devils game. But for outdoors, I'd I'd feel comfortable going tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah, that's I feel, just yeah. me. And then they're requiring but, masks, I think, too, unless you're uh, eating or drinking. I think I saw yeah, that on City which Field. Which is reasonable. Yeah. Again, I don't understand the whole, like, complaining about masks. Like, it's literally the least intrusive thing. Isn't um, aren't the Texas Rangers holding, like, full capacity or something like that? Yeah, I think I read that. No, no, no. Here's what they're doing. They're going to have full capacity for the first game, and then they're going to have a socially distanced section. <laughs> what? It's like, all right, they're going to have section 420, new... like, the upper left field bleachers. Where you can try to be responsible and every other thing will be packed. It's that new stadium, right? They want to have all the the pomp and circumstance and the flair they want to of that new stadium, right? It's its first year of like with yeah. Fans. What better way to open your shiny new ballpark <laughs> than with a super spreader? Event? Exactly. I mean, well, it's a good thing. That's what all the cool kids are doing. Fans. It's it's a good thing they don't have a crazy amount of fans because I don't think they'll well, that's have the 100% thing about capacity. Yeah, that's the thing about baseball, like especially regular season baseball, like. I mean, me opening day should not be 100% capacity because that's the one game that everyone will go to. Right. But, like, the Texas Rangers, like, and, and really you could say this about almost every baseball team, like, the stadiums are never more than, like, 20,000 people, 20,000, 30,000, depending on how good the yeah, that's a good team is for almost every franchise. Well, this it's, is, like, the postseason. There's a few. Yeah. Like, the Red Sox, you'll see full games. Yankees, you'll see a lot of full games. Dodgers, you'll see a lot of full games. Yeah, um, it's like a good competitive series too. Like Yankees, yeah. Red Sox, I'll draw a big crowd. Dodgers, Giants, that'll that'll draw like a big packed crowd. I was gonna say the Giants and the Cards are usually pretty well attended too. Yes, uh, they have yeah. loyal fan bases. That helps. That definitely helps. Um, well, when we come back on the other side of this, I want to give you my lock of the week. Um, it's a little baseball related. Um, I can guarantee it's a lock. But when we get back, I'll, I'll fill you in on that. But yeah, good. And we're back here on the WRSU crew, the Tuesday edition for Locks of the Week. Jake Schmid, Troy DiSavino, and Chris Sokonis. And Troy, I think it's the first time that, or one of the first times you've wanted to go first instead of Chris. He always dies uh, dying to go first. Yeah. So it's good Chris, to have just you. Just relax. Let yeah, me go Chris first can rest here, Chris. now. You always go first. You always go first. So I, I, go first I think you're, you're you're putting words in my mouth. I'm Chris, I really Chris, don't care about re- the order. Relax. Let me go. I'm going first here. I called Dibs. Yeah, take right? command. Oh, Troy. you okay. always go right, first, fine. and I always let right. you go first. I Let's know how bad it. you want to go first, but I'll go. All right, you know, all right. Give me your I'm, mascot picks, Troy. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, all right. I will. Um, <laughs> this is this is a little out there. All right. This is a new feel. Baseball is back. What does that mean? Fantasy baseball is back. All right. Lock of the week. The Bush Goose over the Seminole County Fries. What? This is for the CPS Invitational. What? I am the reigning champion of this fantasy baseball league. I'm going for the back or the sack to sack season. Um, looking to come out. I don't know if you guys know the Seminole County Fries. That is that is our very own muffin. I'm taking him on week one. This is the fourth year in a row. I've been playing him week one. I don't think I've ever lost to this guy in week one. He stinks. Um, the, the goose has looked at as one of having the best uh, pitching lineups in the league. Who's his ace? Well, we've got Trevor Bauer at the ace. Okay. We've got Aaron Nola as my number two. Oh, wow. Most, most, Aaron Nola in most leagues is the ace from a lot of teams. Right, so right. So we've got two aces in there. We've got Luis Castillo coming at three. We've got the runner-up for the AL Cy Young, Ryu, at my number four spot. Oh, that's good. Like, it is, it, and we got for the mandatory relief pitcher. We've got a Roldis Chapman coming in, throwing the heat. Wow, that, that's um, a good lineup. Keep, 
keep in keep in mind we've got Fernando Tatis Jr. at the shortstop position, who was the league leading fantasy scorer last year. Do you want to hear what the Muffin Man Fries has got? Who does he have? Who's his best player? Nothing. He's got absolutely nothing. Yeah, sure. He's when got you say Shane absolutely Bieber. nothing, who's he's his got best Shane, player? He's got Shane Bieber. That's his best player, probably. Oh, that's embarrassing. I know. I mean, who's Shane his second Bieber, best player? AL Cy Young. That's nice, right? That's nice. But yeah, I, I wouldn't even take that guy over. Trevor who's his Bauer, best like be hitter? <sighs> Freddie Freeman, maybe. Oh wow. Freeman. I mean, very good, very good player. But we'll see if he can do it. Two yeah, years in a row. yeah. He can be a little streaky sometimes. But come on, give me Tatis any day of the week, you know? I He had a good year last year, too. I'll, I'm locking this in. There's not a doubt in my mind that the Goose isn't going to give the Seminole County Fries, you know, a whooping in week one. Lock it in. I don't even have a spread, just an outright. We don't have spreads yet, but I'm taking it as my lock. How, how far Ooh. do you, like, how do you do your point system for runs and all that? Like, like batting average, hit it, stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, so... The full breakdown is like a single is worth one point. Um, total bases is like worth. So if it doubles two points, triples three, home runs four, RBI is an extra point. A strikeout is minus one. Um, stolen bases one. Okay. Scored run is one. So if you hit a home run, you get five auto, five automatically, I think. Because um, it's, an, it's an earned run. Um, and then pitching is like you get one point for every third of an inning you do. You get a point for every strikeout you have. You get five points for a win, negative five for a loss, that kind of stuff. Um, and I know, Sacco, you're in my other league with me. This is obviously a different league. Um, I could have said it was a lock in that league as well because I'm taking on Steven, and my team is absolutely ridiculous, and no one was talking about it last night, but I didn't want to get into it. Figured I'd give you the rival between the Seminole County Fries and the Bush Goose that has turned into one of the biggest rivalries in the CPS Invitational. So keep it, I'll keep you guys uh, I mean, updated on that. Yeah, I'm taking a future out on uh, the Bush Goose right now. Uh, back to back so champs. So back to back. I'm, I'm rolling with you. I mean, Muffin would have been better off just you know auto drafting the first eleven <laughs> and, rounds and showing up halfway through the draft. And you want the extra juicy part of this story? The Please. Bush Goose last year, they knocked off the undefeated team in the championship. Really? Oh, okay. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, actually, no, they knocked them off the divisional round. First round, they beat them. Wow. They beat them as the four seed. Four beat the one. And the four went on to beat the two. It was an incredible run, inspirational. Um, you know, the one seed is a known cheater in this league. So the fact they were able to do that was incredible. They are the fan favorite, obviously, for obvious reasons. But yeah, looking to go back to back this season. It's gonna be it's gonna be intense. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like it. I'll give you guys weekly updates on the goose. Don't worry. Yes, I expect that should be that. like a segment. Yes. We could do a voiceover, get some music in. The you goose know, is make loose. That a segment. Yep. Goose is loose. Get some goose By the way, um, Muffin making his uh, triumphant return to the WRSU broadcast booth uh, uh, this weekend. No way. He's on uh, the Saturday game, Saturday right? he's calling a baseball game. Really? Yes. Wow. Who's he doing it with? That? Yes. You didn't see the schedule? Oh, wait. You were reading I, I didn't check it. I wasn't on it. This, I'm not on it this month, so I didn't check it. That oh, is yeah, that's right. incredible. Yeah, that he's is, back. I need to do a game with him before this year is over. I will make that happen. Oh, we'll see what I can do. That'd be incredible. That's awesome. And and simulcast awesome. on BTN Plus, too. So Muffin's on BTN Plus. The Muffin yes. Man is TV debut. Does BTN Plus know this? Do they, are they sure they want Well, this? they're simulcasting us, so they, they have trusted us with their broadcast. Yeah, they have. Oh, I mean, who's he, who's he calling it with? 
He's calling out with Dylan Allen. Oh, I was going to say, no, Ronnie? Okay. Uh, Ronnie Ronnie couldn't make that day. Oh. I would have put him on with Ronnie or Troy if they were matching up. Oof. Here you go. Got also, um, in for, they're in for a roller coaster. <laughs> that's true. Yes. That's for sure. They're going to get the full uncensored muffin experience. Yeah. Yeah, the full experience. They're, they might get an FCC violation that day. <laughs> keep an eye out. We keep the dump button. Well, yeah. actually, we can't do that because we can't put in delay, but... Um, yeah also um the other person making their debut uh for baseball mike nichols oh awesome nice good stuff yeah yeah he's going he's going to be on later in the month um with ronnie so awesome very cool good pair good pair cool that's awesome chris what's your lock my lock i'm gonna go over to the nhl nice Um, so the uh capitals are at the garden tonight at seven to take on the rangers it's a big game Um, for some reason, the Rangers are favored in this because they've been—they're uh, on a hot streak right now. They've been playing very well. I, I don't care about your hot streak, Schmid. I, I, I go with the better team. I go straight chalk. Got the better team at plus value in the Washington Capitals, plus one and a half. I'm taking that. All right, I like it. I like it. So, you like it? Good. I'm going to stick in the NHL, and I'm also going to do the better team at plus value. Carolina and Chicago tonight. Both teams surprisingly have been playing very well. Chicago. Uh, plus 132. That is a great value for Chicago. One of the up-and-coming teams, which is surprising right now. Um, they were in a playoff spot, but now they're just locked out. Um, they're tied for fourth with a playoff spot with Nashville right now. But Carolina's, you know, they're on a three-game winning streak, but Colorado's lost their last two. I think uh, I mean, Chicago's lost their last two. I think they, uh, they snapped that here against Carolina. Carolina also lost them early on in the season. Uh, it's a big game on national TV, and Carolina's struggled since they're, they only won three games, they lost four in a row. They're a very, very streaky team this year. That's the only reason why they're in second. So I'm taking Chicago and plus value in this one. They're the better team. What's going on with the NHL? Are the, the Florida Panthers still one of the best teams, or has that changed? They, over, they, they're third right now. The Tampa Bay is the cup champs are resurrecting themselves up to first. But the Panthers they, are still good. Yeah, they're I still mean, good. One of their they're best two players games, got hurt. They're, they're a win out of first. They're still good. Yeah. Which is yeah, crazy. I'm, they're missing uh, like their highest scoring defenseman right now. Yeah, Aaron Ekblad. Um, yeah, Aaron. Uh, yeah, Ekblad. That's what. Yeah, he's yeah. out twelve weeks, which is crazy. He, oh, is it twelve weeks? Yeah, he. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, so, he. Uh, oh, that's bad. That's bad. He had they to repair a fracture in his lower extremities. They called it. They wouldn't reveal what it was. That's all they said in quotes. Because oh, I was listening to the local hour, and they were talking. Um, and you know, for some reason the show started on the Panthers, which they very rarely do. But yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, good for them. Yeah, I well, mean, Hubert's been playing very well, I, but yeah, they're a team that has struggled to sort of establish themselves. They have and get that's like very a fan true. base going. Yeah, partially because you know it's not a hockey market, partially because they basically play in an arena out in the swamps. Yeah, like, and nobody really the there's a hockey play in fan. downtown. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, they just, play in like and, sunrise. Yeah, yeah. Well, can, I mean, can you guys Coyotes make sense of it for? Can you guys make sense for this of this for me? Because um, I'm I know the NHL is a little different this year with their divisions and yeah, uh, and then there's like there's a full division pretty much just full of teams from Canada. Yeah, that's yeah the North. But yes. Yeah, I, but I'm looking at the the standings, and it's honestly one of the worst divisions. Yeah, it is. How is that possible? How are the Lightning, the Hurricanes, and the Panthers and the Predators all teams from Florida? North are the Carolinas, Florida, and Tennessee. 
better than teams from Canada. Well, you want, you know, because also like Tampa, Carolina, they in normal non-COVID year, they'd be in the same division as the Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they don't have to play those teams anymore. You're only playing the teams in your division. Um, that's how they're doing it. And then the top four I know, teams. But the Lightning and the Hurricanes are some of the best, the best two teams in, in the NHL. That's true. Right? That's true. But um, the uh, the Panthers, like the only reason they're really good is because they don't have to play like the Bruins, who they would get swept by. And the Panthers also. Um, I mean, they do have to play Tampa still, but um, they play like weaker teams like Detroit, Dallas, and Columbus now, and they're like some of the worst teams right now, which is crazy. Are you, are you calling the Panthers fraudulent? Is that what's happening here? I'm not saying they're fraudulent. I'm saying if this were a non-COVID year, they wouldn't really – they'd be vying for like a wild card at best because they wouldn't be – So that's what you're saying. They're not as good as their record says they are. I Yes, yes. In a non-COVID year, that perspective, yes. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's a hot take. That's harsh. Yeah. We got a lot I just of... find it funny that Canada loves hockey more than everyone else, and um, all their teams stink. I find that kind of yeah. funny. Yeah, even the Leafs, like, 22 and 10. They're not even the best team in the league. At one point, it was the Islanders that were the best, but now it's the Capitals. It's crazy yeah. that they have seven teams. I don't know why I didn't realize that. I thought they had, like, four. Because they expanded, like, recently. Like, Winnipeg, they moved from Atlanta, like, over 11, 13, 12, 13 years ago. Uh, Wait, and then... they used to be the Atlanta Jets? Atlanta Thrashers, they used to be. Yeah. Wow. Chris, you know a thing or two about that and Kovalchuk and all that, yeah. the wrongdoings that he did before he went back to Russia, and now he, then he resurrected himself. What is a Canuck? What is a Canuck? It's a Canadian. What's their logo? It's like a C. Yeah. But they actually have a pretty a cool logo. Yeah, they Isn't do. It? It's like on the C, like. Yeah. Of like, it's like in the shape of a C. It's like a whale, but it's in the shape of a C. How do you get the Seattle sense. Kraken next uh, season? So what's up? What's up with the? Why are they? Why is? Why are they the Canucks? Why aren't they like the Vancouver Whales? Because there was Cause... the Hartford Whalers before when they became Vancouver. There's like a yes. team. The Hartford Whalers were initially. Now they're the Carolina Hurricanes, but they were um, the Hartford Whalers, uh, which Carolina's done a couple throwback jerseys of them with like the like in uh, Connecticut, which is which is cool, but. Um, yeah, the Vancouver, right. they actually were the Vancouver Millionaires at first, if you believe it. Right. Like, that's what they're called. I'm just going to come out and say that the Vancouver Canucks may be the least recognizable logo in all of professional sports. Yeah, that's that's tr- that's true. Like, I agree with that. No one, no one would It's a very weird logo with, like, the C and then the, the well, fin. You, the you hockey stick hockey. one is cool. I'd hope you recognize it. Like, if you're an NFL fan, you don't recognize, like, the Eagles. That's, that's not good. No. Yeah. So I'd hope you recognize it. But at yeah, least no, like I'm just, teams I'm just like, trolling you, Troy. You better relax there. At least <laughs> at least people would recognize like the Blackhawks. Right. You know, they would recognize the the Rangers and even the Devils and the Penguins. And I mean, I guess the Avalanche are pretty unrecognizable too. Um most people would see the blues and they'd think that the Utah Jazz. Right. Speaking of which, we have an interesting story about the Utah Jazz. I'll get to in a second. But I don't know. I just feel like the Canucks need to update their logo and they need to get some serious brand marketing because that is the most, the least known team in all professional sports, if you ask me. Yeah, I don't know I would one agree. Canuck fan. I don't know one Canuck fan. Me neither. I don't know anyone in Vancouver. I have a hot take what's about that? the Seattle uh, Kraken. Yeah, what's that? I like their, I, I, I gave you guys my thing on them. I like their logo. I like their color scheme. Yeah, I just yeah. Did, wasn't crazy about the name. No, I'm with uh, you. I thought it would have been I like. I love the name. I think like, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I know. We've had this argument several times before. But I like the um, color scheme. The the junior hockey team that played in Seattle, or actually still play in Seattle, have a better name, but they have a worse logo. What's the name? Um, 
the Seattle Thunderbirds. I like Kraken more. You like Kraken more? I think Thunderbirds. I is think better. Kraken's awesome. I think that's a great name. I don't know. It just like maybe because it's singular like, and it's not plural that bothers me a bit. But you can't say will, Krakens either. You're talking but, to the the owner, the the president of the Bush Goose, Chris. I like those singular names. <laughs> but that's a fantasy name. That's different. Yeah, it's not a yeah legit it's not name. The same. I don't know. This is this is pretty cool. I think their color scheme is awesome. That I watched I agree their with. hype video when it came out. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I think they are spot on. I think this is a, an awesome name for a place like Seattle. I mean, yeah. it's like a. I feel like it's a really good hockey name. Kraken, yeah, it is. I feel like it's like tough. Yeah. It's like cold. I don't know. I like it. The other thing about it is like it doesn't really fit in with the other team names in Seattle. No, not like at if all. you notice all the other Seattle names like kind of have like a common theme, like a nautical like theme. Yeah, yeah. The Seahawks. But this isn't nautical. No, the like, the Kraken. They come. No, from they're the not. Sea. But no, but it doesn't sound the same. Yeah, you know like I mean? Mariners, like Sounders, Seahawks, Mariners, yeah. Sounders. How does Seahawks sound like any of that? Seahawk, Sea, like the bird. Like it. Yeah. Okay. So the difference it's is nautical. Seahawk. It's, it's but it's a yeah. It's nautical. So are the Kraken. The Kraken is nautical. Yeah, but Kraken's also not like a real <laughs> creature. Yeah, it's That's like the Loch Ness monster, like that. Yes, precisely. <laughs> what we have like you can't have something that's made up. Like, well, no, I'm not saying you can. I'm you're just saying fan like, of the New Jersey Devils. In. Like that is a made up. That it's is a, a made up a myth too. Like, like no, that no, goes no, off the myth. Yeah, it but, goes off the no, myth. Oh, it's different because you're the fan of them. Well, yes. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. As long as I'm just saying, it doesn't. It doesn't fit in with the other name. It does. Saying, it's I, nautical. I they are all yeah. nautical. It is nautical. It fits perfectly, I'd say. They're also the only team in Seattle that wears red. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's worth that's pointing true. out. That you could point out. Yeah, they have the red trim. Yeah. But it's I'm like not saying it looks bad. Red. I'm just saying they're the only team that does that. Yeah, they are. I think it's cool. I think it's a little pop, you know? It does have that like, to pick a, pop, that if, flair. If I had to pick a hockey, I think the, the most recent teams like the golden knights and the kraken i think those are some cool team yeah names. golden knights is good yeah. here's a problem I'm, with the golden knights they bait oh, i'm sorry go ahead troy no I, I got nothing oh i was gonna say the thing with the golden knights is they basically copied their logo from the army black knights yeah like, yeah they did if you look at them side by side like the knight part of it is very similar yeah mm-hmm. and you know, I thought Schmid would be more up in arms than that as someone who used to cover army the, football. Well, the army thing, not. the one thing about army, I mean, the night, the sideways looking to like point it out to the left, like the the knight, and then, but the it doesn't have that like that trim like from the back of the helmet that it does with uh, Vegas. So there's Vegas. I mean, it reminds me more of like like medieval kind of like the black knights is mid, they're both like medieval and they both have the like, black and gold is the army knights, but the Vegas they have like more of that gray tone like in their jerseys. I'll I'll give hockey props. You know, I think it's a cool sport. I just didn't get into it. I think they have the coolest like mascots and team names and colors that of all the, of all the professional sports. Like the Avalanche, that's awesome. I'm sorry, the Predators, that's sick. These are great. I know my friend's a big Blue Jackets fan. I think that's kind of cool. Blue Jackets, you know, I think very random. Yeah. Well, he's from Columbus. Oh, that makes Ohio. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think it's, like, the Sharks, I think that is the, one of the coolest logos in all of sports. Yeah, Sharks one's pretty tough. I agree. I, if the Ducks didn't change their logo from, like, the Mighty Ducks, that would be hands down, I think, the coolest team in all of professional sports as well. So, hockey, they're doing it right. They have cool names. You know, I, hockey might make a big revival soon. ESPN just spent a That's lot of right. money on having the rights, so they kind of control the media, and they can kind of control what becomes popular. 
We've seen UFC become more popular over the past few years because of that. There's a chance that, you know, Stephen A. Smith is talking a lot of hockey. People <laughs> might start talking more hockey. So one can dream. Oh, my God. I would love to hear the like, Rangers. The... Yes. Yes. I love him. Like have a meltdown about the Rangers <laughs> missing the playoffs. Um, him and Kellerman just going at it. Rangers um, Islanders. Yeah. Devils. Oh, actually, no, no, no. It would have been give even me, funnier. Give me, give me a, a lesser known person on the Penguins. Give me, give me the, give me, who is it? Give me one lesser known player on the Penguins. Uh, I got you. I got you. Um, uh, Sam Militic. Militic. Yeah. Aliens hand on the death beam. <laughs> I got Sidney Crosby of Valetic. I want Valetic taking that <laughs> final shot. That's the kind of conversations we're going to have. <laughs> oh, if, I if can't wait. Starts talking Actually, more. Troy, you know, it would be even funnier than Stephen A doing it. Is if Fox what? got the rights and we had Skip and Shannon oh like, oh, talking no. about the no, Calgary that would kill, Flames that would and kill the Dallas hockey. Stars? Oh my god! <laughs> that would put hockey out of business. I don't think anyone wants to hear that. <laughs> no, he treat the Dallas I mean, Stars. I don't want to hear like Stephen Cowboys. A either. If I'm being honest, I'd like Stephen A a lot more than Skip. Yeah, <laughs> Skip. Well, not Skip. Idiot. No, no. Here's what makes. Here's what the funny thing about it is not Skip himself. It's Shannon. Yeah. ripping into Skip. That's the funny Give part. Me- Give me Stephen A and Max any day of the week. Over okay. Those two guys. I mean, I'm saying this. Yeah, I'm with you on that Like either of them. I, I kind of like, listen, I, I spent a lot of, over the last two years when I was in my dorm, for some reason, every time I'd come back from class for like a two hour period, the thing on ESPN would be first take. It grew on me, to be honest. I thought Stephen really? A's, I think it's like a comedy sports yeah. show. It's funny. Yeah, same here. Like it's, Fair it's enough. a funny sports show. Like you just can't take it seriously. I think that's the trick with, with first take. You just have to understand like, this is a joke. Like yeah, I, Stephen I, I A. Think... Smith yelling, you are being blasphemous to Max Kellerman on a daily basis. Yeah, it, it's a, it's is a awesome. joke. I feel like Stephen A was funnier before, though. I don't know. I feel with, like well, Skip, with Skip, why did yes. Skip leave again? Well, not just Skip. Not just Skip. Why did he leave? I'm saying like he himself was funnier then. I don't uh, know. Maybe because like why his did he leave again? Like saying, did he did something happen with Skip? I forgot why he left. I don't know. Probably offered him Fox. Probably offered him more money. I, I don't know. That's what I don't Fox really does. Off that. That's all. That's but, all they do. They pay a lot. Yeah. Well, my thing is like, you know, because keep in mind, I also grew up more listening to like the Fan and 98.7. Yeah. So, like, that's the kind of talk that I'm more, like, oriented to, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. When I see First Take, like, it didn't really take with me or any of the TV shows, for that matter. I feel like, to me, there's no difference. I think it's just people yelling at each other through a mic. Oh, yeah. Like, so, like, if I'm, if I'm going to listen to people yelling at each other through the mic, give me the most extreme version of that. Give me First Take. Please. Any day of the week. I know people don't like right, First that's Take. Fair. I think it's funny, though. I think it's really funny. Yeah. Um, Like I said, my thing is not, don't get me wrong, like I can't stand Skip Bayless either. It's, I find Shannon ripping into him to be the funny part of that show. (laughs) If you like, is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. fair. It's the interactions. That's that's what makes it good. I think it's funny. You can see like Max Kellerman before joining First Take compared to now. Stephen A. Smith has made Max Kellerman age like 20 years. (laughs) Like the guy is stressed out of it. The guy comes into work every day just to get yelled at. That is his job. That's what he gets paid a lot of money to do. You know he doesn't want Iguodala taking that final shot. The producers are like, <laughs> say something to make Stephen A. really angry. That's his job, and it is – you know what? That could be good for hockey. It could. It could help hockey a lot. People watch it. They find it entertaining. you got to make a star somewhere in the NHL. If Maybe that's like a, a Connor McDavid for the Oilers. I've heard he's very fast and good. So yeah, maybe he's one of the top star scorers. There. Yeah. But Shmeed. maybe, yeah, maybe they could do something there. Shmeed, you, you gotta get. We gotta do is we gotta get. Um, 
we got to get a way to get ourselves in there and get like um get max to like say like start wedgewood over blackwood or something something so like that yeah, it's pretty... yes yeah that would be good yeah blackwood Honestly, is there, stud no one's gonna have yeah, it is like Stephen a is not gonna know what a bad take is so the producers are just gonna be like get angry when max says this <laughs> like he's not gonna have any <laughs> yeah. idea if it's a good it's or bad take like probably. a note card yeah <laughs> exactly. i'm imagining them like sitting in a boardroom like pre pre-covid obviously sitting in like a boardroom at like 8 a.m like planning over like the arguments of the day yeah <laughs> it's like all right we've got Stephen a losing his mind about um the new york knicks at 8 20 gonna slide that over to the b block and then uh, we're we've got like a really really bad Pittsburgh Steelers take, uh, and like that's how I imagine that show being planned. You, you never know. know. Maybe Max knows something about hockey because I know he's a big like boxing guy. Yeah, he does really some announcing. That. Yeah, so so maybe he's not he like yeah. some of the smaller sports. I guess uh, not the hockey yeah. smaller, but it's not like yeah. the mainstream. No, sport. yeah, it's yeah. Well, it's like the thing is like kellerman started as like a boxing only guy and then yeah. he said hey this guy would be good for like first take or whatever he did before first take sports yeah, nation friday night fights on yeah HBO. well that's what they're doing now with uh taylor twelman he was like the u.s yeah 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 MLS guy yeah he was good and now in the they're MLS, like grooming yeah. him to be like the next max kellerman what yeah i like i like nation? listening to him yeah he's on sports nation he filled in for levitard a few times um troy he does a lot of the mls like mainstream games what's on his ESPN. name taylor, taylor twelman yeah blonde dude he's like yeah, if you see his face, you'll probably recognize him. Interesting. He, yeah, I'm just happy Sports Nation is back. That was my favorite yeah. show. That was my favorite yeah. show on ESPN. So the fact that that's back is nice. Um, caught me by surprise, but exciting stuff. We'll see if the NHL can make a comeback. Um, yeah. But all the pieces are Troy. there, and they have cool teams. It's too late. Um, if uh, Levitard had stayed at ESPN, we could have gotten Stugatz, like, ripping into the Rangers. <laughs> He'd be an Islanders guy, probably. Yeah, he would. Oh, be. is he an Islanders he, guy? I, I well, he's know. a Jets fan. I, I feel Jets, like Islanders, Islanders Jets usually Islanders are to go together. Then, yeah, right? I, I figured either Rangers or Islanders because he's from New York, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's miserable, so he's probably. I mean, both of them are miserable. <laughs> yeah, both. Yeah. So I was gonna say he's a Jets fan, so he's probably not the best of luck at picking teams. But have, the Islanders have been better than the Rangers in over the past few years. Yeah, much so. better. Yeah. Islanders have more cups than the Rangers too, even though they're like half the age. Yeah, three all those that was runs in the early eighties, three straight. Didn't they win like all four right, straight? I, I mean? Yeah, they did. Mike Bossy. I will say this. Yeah, I, I'm I'm propping up a lot of great logos. New York Islanders may have the worst logo ever. Have you seen the retro logo though, with the uh, the fisherman? No, I don't. Like it that. just looks like I don't like that one. It just looks like a little kid drew it. Yeah, and like the, it just you can't even like, see the water. You can't even tell it's water, like in the logo. It just looks so bad. It looks so like you gave a guy like thirty minutes to design something in like Photoshop, and this is what he got. Yeah, it's not good. It's so bad. It's so so bad. Oh my god, I don't think I've ever looked at it this close. Um, man, they got to do something about that. Yeah, it's pretty unoriginal. They tried to do like wow. the the NY with like the hockey stick. They just did that almost like the Brooklyn Nets kind of thing when they played at Barclays like a couple of years ago. Yeah, they still have those jerseys, but I don't even like those. The the stick part of the Y is so much thinner. Too. No, yeah, like even that. Looks... Yeah. It's very Man, very strange. I've never looked at it up close this much. It just always looks like a blob to me. This is awful. Yeah. The colors don't so really bad. go. Yeah. It's a weird While weird... we're on the subject yeah. of branding, I want to know what you guys think about the Mets bringing back Friday night black uniforms. Mm, mm. Shmeed, you're the Mets fan. I'll, I'll I, I first. don't never liked them. I'm really? Be a hot take. I mean, they, they look, I don't really like them. Um, 
I love those royal blue and the pinstripe. I love when they brought the royal blue. I was I love those jerseys. Um, but the black ones, like I mean, it just it's like the time, like the time when Piazza would wear it. Like I'm looking now at a picture of Piazza when he wore it um, with the with the white pants. Like that the the hat is cool. I like the hat. I just don't like the jersey. I I don't know why. I just it just never grew on me. I think it's awful. I think it is such an ugly uniform. I don't know why. Um, theoretically, the colors sound like they should go really. No, well yeah, together. that's the thing. That's why I'm like mind boggled over this. Yeah, it just it just never looked good to me. I just remember seeing David Wright playing it a decent amount. I just yeah, it always looked like like a spring training uniform. No, it I does. I just, it maybe, has that vibe. Maybe I don't like black uniforms. I do like. Um, I like the Giants. I like they have a black uniform that I. Yeah, like. yeah, those are nice. But the Mets just—I just don't think it looks good. I—I I don't know. I well, don't know there's what it the is Giants it. and the Mets one is that the Giants, you know, they have those bright orange letters, like when they and the hat just fits because that's like so, a main part of their color scheme. The Mets so don't really have back, that. Are they bringing back the, the the black jersey with like New York or no? Mets with the, the I think with the Mets. Oh, that's even worse. The ones from like 2001, 2002, like oh, mid 2000s. That's, that's worse. Yeah. Well, that's I also worse. think. I also think part of the reason why Mets fans like it so much is because they associate it with better times. Yeah, because they were the, the World were, Series when they wore those World jerseys. Series. Yeah, I mean, like one of the most iconic moments, not just in like Mets history, but in New York sports history, was um, Piazza's home yes. run after yes. 9-11. Yeah, they were, they were, correct me if I'm wrong. Were they wearing the black jerseys for that? They one? were. They That's, were. I'm just okay. looking at well, a photo of that right now. Yeah, there you go. Like those are moments that Mets fans and remember, I get that. especially yeah. The last few years, the Mets have had some rough seasons. Like it, I can see why, even if you know, like nostalgia maybe it doesn't look nostalgia. that great. To, yeah. Yes. Exactly. That's that's exactly. the that's the vibe I get, and for that I'm I'm okay okay with it. Um, you know, it's it's interesting that they bring it back. I mean, you know, I was looking at the because Steve Cohen had his the Mets owner had like a thing he was doing with Wayne Randoza last night. Chris, I caught a little of that. The um, he was like had his like first like Q and A thing about him and. Yeah, the big thing that's going off the Mets right now is if they're going to pay Lindor the four hundred million that he needs, because um, they already they offered him uh, already. And Pete Alonso uh, was just you know the New York Post now that he's he dropped an f bomb uh, when he said the Mets should pay Lindor, because um, uh, that's what Pete Alonso was saying. Um, pay him four hundred million, absolutely. That's what he was saying today. That's another thing too about how much they're going to do it, because. Um, they're because uh, they haven't settled that over uh, before op- ahead of opening day against the Nats. I just found yeah. out that I, I this is breaking news to me. I just found out that former Governor Chris Christie is on the board with Steve Cohen for the Mets. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, didn't know that, but I feel like this is something to do with him. He brought I, back I be his surprised. uniform. I would not be surprised. One of uh, oh. Livingston's finest from my hometown, Chris Christie. Oh, boy. Well, we don't need to go back and <laughs> no. look at the pictures of him in a baseball uniform. <laughs> or him <laughs> on that beach at, uh, that. At, the, at the shore when he closed the, the beach. Oh. <laughs> oh, the only bad. way that these uniforms could get worse is if uh, – I won't say it. Um, but, <laughs> no. Yeah, not, they're, they're pretty, I know what you're going to say. I, I have a feeling. <laughs> they're pretty yeah, bad uniforms. Um, they – Maybe they redesign them a little bit. Who knows? Maybe they get a little bit better. But what would you do, Troy? You've got an eye for graphic design. What would you do if you're designing, like, a new uniform for the Mets? They have the royal blue. They have the gray. They have the pinstripe. I don't know. It it makes no sense that these uniforms are ugly because I think the colors are great. I do. How would you adjust it? It makes literally – 
it makes no sense. I don't know. I think the Mets logo, like the M E T S on the front, yeah, on the diagonal like that. I just think it looks awkwardly it big. It does. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to play around. It's a little too busy. I don't know how that is even possible because there's not a lot going on it, but it just looks awkward and not well placed or thought out. They also look like heavy. The uniform looks heavy for some reason. I don't know why, but I'd have to sit down and rework it. But you know, hopefully they make some small adjustments to make it a little bit better. But I, I think they should have left them back unless they kind of do a good job reworking them and making them a little more appealing. Um, but we can, when we come back, we can talk some more baseball if you guys would like. 